Welcome to Queer Longing, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're longing for and living for in our queer community. I'm Olivia Taylor. And I'm Lucy Cecil. Hello, Olivia. How are you? We had a little week off, didn't we? We had a little restorative week off. That was lovely. Um, Just needed to be in the garden. It was back when the weather was nice, back before the torrential downpours and the returns of the storm. And to be honest, we asked for that. And that's what we got. We did. We did. It wasn't quite as like stormy torrential, um, but but it was still good. Still a lot of some nice heavy rain, which I do like to see. Um, Mm. And yeah, I mean, with a little interlude of boiling hot weather, it was quite welcome. So what have you been up to? Just spending a lot of time in the garden for your annual leave, your QL annual leave? (laughs) Yeah, what have I done? I mean, yeah, basically that. Climbed some hills, read some books, did a lot of work. The same thing that I've been doing for the past 101 days, Lucy. How about you? Stunning. Yeah, 101 days. Mm, That's wild. 101 days today. That is wild. Oh my God. Um, what you think have I that's done? the last time that we like sat on my dining room table, not sat on it, sat at my dining room table and recorded this together? Like, when was that? Uh, my guess is March 10th. <laughs> but uh, yeah, God, I, I can't, like, I can't envisage like doing that now. Like, this has become so normal, like, in a sense of like how we do the pod. So yeah, yeah the idea of going to your house and sitting like that that old routine seems just completely not a thing to me anymore yeah no, that's so sad I know we'll be back though we'll be back <laughs> maybe when we get to our 101st episode <laughs> okay is that your prediction my prediction yes yeah, so we're on 61 now so this is 62 so yeah it sounds about right maybe yeah yeah okay What's your Let's prediction? See. Any bets? Any any you wanna you wanna put anything on that? I wanna be I wanna be more positive oh. and I will go for eighty-three. Oh, okay. Well, let's see what happens. I hope it's yours. <laughs> so do I. Um yeah, my um when when all of this happened, my boss put in um, you know, like recurring Zoom meetings in the morning for catch-ups. Yeah. And, um we um, started work this week and obviously it's just switched over to July this week. And um, we were like waiting, like, Oh, like where's the zoom link. And he was like, Oh, sorry. Like just had to put these into diaries. Um, because obviously when I originally put this in, in like the beginning of March, I never thought we'd still be doing this in July. Wow. But, um, yeah. It's just, you know, thinking back to your naive March the 10th self. <laughs> God, I know it is, it is wild to think about like how, uh, I remember having so many conversations about like how long is this going to last? Oh, surely like by July, by by June, by or whatever, this will happen and this will happen. And um, I think just you know very quickly, it was like oh no, yeah, no, probably by uh, March next year. <laughs> yeah, because I think initially because people were the vulnerable people were asked to shield for twelve weeks, and everyone was horrified by how long that was. Um, I think everyone just sort of assumed it would be three months. Yes. Yeah because that was sort of the thing that was shoved out there, the one timeline. But uh, anyway, we continue on for another day, another pod. What are you yeah. living and longing for? <laughs> well, this week, Lucy, I am living for getting my hair done. <laughs> yes! So what's happening? Are you going to like go back to your, your old ways or are you thinking something completely fresh and new? <laughs> I'm definitely going back to 
going back to my old ways, I am re-blonding for real because, as you can see, um, I've got a bit of a Cruella Deville situation going on. <laughs> very much a, a two-tone vibe. I like that. Um, thank you. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm just sick of looking at at that in in a Zoom. I just Fair want enough. it to be that. <laughs> um, yeah. I just like identify as a blonde. I can't be any other way. It feels strange to me. I've had dalliances with brown hair and red hair before. Yes. And it's just, it's never felt right. I've always gone back to the, you know, quite quite platinum blonde, really. Yes. You're meant to be a, a platinum blonde having, you know, endless fun under the sun, etc. Yeah. yeah. You'll be back to your old self next week. <laughs> I, I think so. And I hope so. But yeah, um, she normally comes to our house. So she is going to do that, but she's going to um, be like outside. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. And she's got like, you know, one of those like big hats. Big with, like, shield. A, yeah. Like a visor. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like all of those bits. So it, it'll be, it'll be strange but but good but actually like she literally has been nowhere because she's just had a baby so she's probably like the safest oh, wow. hairdresser ever yeah so, um it's kind of good so i'm absolutely living for that um i am longing for and i think that we've spoken about this before but now it is upon us and by the time this podcast comes out it will be happening and it will be available and what i'm longing for is the Hamilton musical on Disney Plus. Yes, it is soon, isn't it? I think it's, it's the Friday. This Friday? Correct. I thought it was next Friday. Nope, it's the 3rd of July. Oh my God, that's so much sooner than I thought. I know. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited. I was singing, I was singing a Hamilton song the other day in the kitchen and I said to um, Izzy and Adam, they were like, uh, I was like, would you would you watch Hamilton? Because it's going to be available soon. I'm going to get my, uh, my free subscription. So like, I need to know if you want to watch it as well, because otherwise I'll just watch it on my own. <laughs> and they said, yeah, well, Adam was dubious, but Izzy was like, yes. So we will be. Why watching. was Adam dubious? He was like, oh, he, he was, he was, he doesn't like, like some musicals that are a bit too like earnest in a way, if you know what I mean? Like when they're really sort of hammy. Um, oh, I, think, I don't think Hamilton I mean it is in a sense but also not in a sense that, that's exactly what I said I was like there will be bits that you will be like oh at because of that but also it's definitely worth a watch and it's amazing so like well and also Izzy wants to so you're, you're just gonna have to unless you want to sit in a different room and I feel like it's the kind of musical that attracts musical fanatics as much as it attracts musical skeptics oh brings them all in reels them all in well you know because it's like a bit different in how it's delivered and it's like a hip-hop musical and it's just not like all of the sort of cringy bits that you might find in more traditional musicals aren't necessarily in this in the same sort of way I guess it's hard to describe unless you've seen it but um I think I think maybe he'll like it more than he thinks yes same and I think um I, I was yeah I found it very hard to describe like you've just said so um yeah I was like I think you should just watch it and see and like if you hate it you can just like slope off and do some duolingo instead which is his favorite activity at the moment so oh i got really into duolingo when i was doing my spanish lessons and then i was playing it while i was at work like walking to the loos and then it went bidding and then everyone just like looked up and went ah duolingo and ah! I was <laughs> so funny um yes those are very good um livings and longings we shall um we should we should uh we should watch hamilton together in a digital sense 
yes we should uh, i need to work out how to do that like netflix house party thing so that you can like watch things at the same time yeah. but maybe now i'm 30 like all these things just aren't accessible to me anymore <laughs> and i can't see them literally invisible to us now we have yeah, no we yeah. have no chance we're gonna have to employ like someone younger that we know <laughs> Uh, we'll have to have to employ an intern to help us do these things (laughs) Uh, what are you living long for this week lucy so i'm living for um with the nice weather last week and stuff i've spent a couple of days at my parents garden um in a socially distanced manner helping out my dad with all the bits that need doing um and i am just living for being in the outside using my body we've got this huge pile of like sand and soil that's needed like shifting everywhere putting it on a little tractor driving it around shoveling it into holes and stuff like that and i'm just absolutely living for it (laughs) yeah it's a bit like like do you remember like back in the day when you were doing the hashtag kitchen (laughs) this is like your lockdown equivalent of the kitchen it is absolutely He he loves to be exhausted from a hard day's toil you know I do. You know, this is my favorite way to feel is like that your body is completely knackered. And like, that is how it's felt. And it's like, um, I really enjoy the feeling of purpose and being useful, which I have not felt for a very long time. <laughs> so yeah, it's been really nice. Um, and also very, very, very uh, hard in the heat because it was so hot last week, but it was a nice time. Pretend that you're like Jean Valjean, just like working all the hours of the day, getting ripped. Lift the flag, raise the flag. Exactly. That that can be you. And your dad can be Javert, just like watching down on you to like make sure you're not doing anything. Like you're making you do get enough hard work. Look down, look down <laughs> from two meters away. <laughs> Right. If we don't submit that to some kind of indie film festival, then I don't know what we're doing in lockdown. And truly, I have wasted this time. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Um, I'll, I'll look into it. Um, and uh, so that's what I'm living for. And I am longing for. It's very a bit stupid. I couldn't really think of anything, but I'm just longing for it. I know you love it as well. More gorgeous content from Brittany on Instagram. <laughs> oh, absolutely love it. Um, she is just a ray of light on the timeline uh doing all the gorgeous freestyling dances to everything and then everyone making memes out of it which is also always great what i was wondering today though is because i've seen so many memes of that latest one of her dancing which have all been fab do you think that like she is aware of that and that's why she's doing more in the way that she's doing them like it's sort of in a self-conscious self-trolling way and also a bit trolling us or do you think that she genuinely like is so famous and so sort of detached from that sort of hum of social media activity that she's just like doing her and she's just not aware of that yeah I had the exact same thoughts the other night and I was like I think it's that she's I think she she knows they're popular I don't think she particularly knows why and when people are are like it in a meme sense um because like a lot of people love it because it is just so like fucking pure which it is um and I think she just keeps doing it because like it's fun and popular i don't i don't know if she is aware i can't tell um and like especially because of like the other stuff she posts where she just does some like victorian children and she's like oh so excited to like plant some flowers today or something with like yeah loads or of she like yeah gets like some sweet corn off google images and she's like mm, sweet corn or something yeah <laughs> I'm like, I, I mean i want i want it to be like that she's trolling us but i don't think she is what do you think <laughs> 
No, I, I don't think she is. I think she's like too famous and too yes. kind of like in her own Britney world because she became that at such a young age and she's always been that. She's kind of like on a pedestal that's slightly like separate from the rest of reality, not reality, but you know, like not, she's not quite engaging with us on that level because she's just in another place. I absolutely agree. Yeah. So, but I'm, I am living and longing for it. Uh, keep it coming, Brittany. It is, it's uh, keeping me feeling, <laughs> I don't know, good. <laughs> so it's been uh, two weeks. I am expecting a full book report, film report, podcast report, and uh, I don't know what else, article report <laughs> from you right now on my desk by close of play which is now so please (laughs) (laughs) close of podcast (laughs) okay well get up to so i'll start with books then and i have um read two books in the past couple of weeks i know um the first one is called exciting times by nisha dolan i don't know if you've heard of that one or seen that one i've seen it yep Um, So it's basically about um, this young woman called Ava. She's 22. Um, She moves to Hong Kong from Dublin um, to sort of escape the life that she has there and sort of try and find a new one and to try and find a sense of identity as a young woman. Um, But you sort of get the sense that she feels very sort of untethered from a sense of who she is and of herself and what she believes in who she wants to be friends with but at the same time is incredibly like um introspective and forensic of like everybody around her herself and how she and them relate to each other so it's in the beginning I found it I found it quite um grating that level of kind of minute analysis because not that much happens in the book it's basically like a love triangle between Ava the main character um this older um guy who's like not her boyfriend but not not her boyfriend that she ends up living with it's quite wealthy banker called Julian who um, she meets in Hong Kong and ends up living with and then this um other lawyer that she ends up making friends with and eventually dating called Edith and it's about like this love triangle that exists between the three of them um but not in a way that you would kind of think so yeah you find it well I anyway found it quite hard going at first because I was like oh like why does everything have to be like unpacked in this forensic way all the time but then you kind of get used to that writing style and you understand it as like not just um a device but like genuinely how this character sees the world and um it made a lot more sense. Um, I was listening to an older um, episode of The Hilo and they were talking about the book as well and how it kind of has this voice. And um, I think she did an article in the Sunday Times about it, which I haven't read, but they sort of quoted. And she talks about it and she, um, I think, I think a lot of it is like, not not autobiographical, but kind of like the way that she thinks is sort of like similar to the main character. And it made a lot of sense to me as I carried on reading the book, ended up really loving it. And I found out that um, Nisha Dolan, who wrote the book, actually has autism. And 
it's kind of like written from her perspective of someone who's like trying to understand the world around them and her relationships to different characters and the way that they sort of all interact together and it's a really really interesting um portrayal of of that and she writes an article in the sunday times about how um her relationship to her um autism has actually helped her as a writer and um she was saying things like um for example if um she sends something off to her editor and the editor comes back with some proposed changes she'll just think great that will make my book better and go away and make the changes whereas another person would take it really personally and be like I hate that editor and my book's rubbish and I'm rubbish but she's like I've genuinely never thought that because it doesn't make sense for me to think that it makes sense for me to just like think okay they think it's good that's why we have this relationship I'm going to just like address those bits and I understand what they've said and it's like wow and then she's like yeah you know and then you will say that people with um autism struggle to like understand things yeah. but um, she kind of like puts those um ideas and stereotypes um sort of re- reverses them and challenges them so um I think that's that's really sort of comes through in the book and um yeah if you're a person who wants a book to be massively about something you won't like the book but if you are a person who is fine with the opposite of that but the writing is really interesting and sort of introspective and the characters um, sort of stay with you, then it's a book for you, I guess. Nice. And there's some gay rights, so. Well, exactly. Yeah, and we, you know, we love to see it. So yeah, no, it sounds, it's been on my, it's like on one on my massive list. Um, I've seen a couple people who we know and stuff reading it and um, who seem to have enjoyed it. So yeah, no, it sounds interesting to me. I'll probably, I would like to read it. Stunning. Um, my second book that I have read, I absolutely loved it. And I think like for me, I know that people have been struggling to read in lockdown. I don't think that I've had that problem. I've been reading. I mean, I don't read at the same pace as some other people. Like I read a fair bit, I guess. But um, yeah, I'm not like someone who can read like six books a week or something. But um, what I've been finding has been really helpful to me is if I can read a book that's really transportive um, and kind of takes me out of where I am. And it was quite good to read that book because it was set in Hong Kong and um, reading different books that sort of take you to new locations and places in your mind that feel a bit different from your own lockdown experience, I suppose. Um, And so the book that I just finished is called Where the Crawdads Sing. I don't know if you've heard yeah. of that one or seen heard that one it. doing the rounds haven't read it but i know i know of it yeah yeah so it's by um a writer called delia owens and i believe that she is like um i think that she is a non-fiction writer normally and writes like books about like sort of marine biology and science and things oh, stuff okay. like that and this is her first novel right okay um and it came out a couple of years ago and i believe it's going to be made into a film and i can definitely imagine it as being made into a film right yeah and it's starts in um it starts in the late 60s where um this young man is found dead in this marsh under sort of suspicious circumstances 
And that's sort of where the book starts. And then it goes back to the early 50s, where the book starts and follows the story mainly of this young girl called Kaya, who is a young girl who grows up um, in marshland, living in like a small shack with her family. And she's eventually left by everybody that she knows. So her brothers, her sisters, her mum, and eventually her dad. And it's about how she manages to kind of bring herself up um without any support of family and friends and she is a social outcast from the rest of the town and um it's about how she kind of manages to do that and um the the sort of few relationships that she has with people that kind of like pepper the book and how she sort of deals with loss and rejection and um betrayal and also how she deals with good things like love and support when it happens being someone that's so kind of um, self-contained and self-kind of um, reliant. And it's such like an emotional, um, yeah, transportive book. And you really just feel so much for the main character and the relationships that she has. And like, you just want it to be okay the most. And um, it really sort of like takes you to, I think it's set... um, is it set in Alabama? I think it's set in, definitely set in the South. And it just really sort of takes you to that time and to that, that place. And it's just such a good book for that. I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, I've heard like only good things about it and about it being like a really sort of like rewarding read for like in, in the sense of like, yeah, really taking you somewhere and stuff like that. And, and, and you are right, especially in like a time like this and lockdown and stuff, the easiest things to read generally or for a lot of people will be things that are proper like transportative and take you somewhere else and like uh, create a different world that feels different that you can escape to. Yeah, because I think as well, it's got so many different layers to the book because it's like on one layer, it's sort of like a traditional murder mystery because it starts off with this murder and, you know, you're working out the whole way through the book, like who's done it. Um, but then it's also um, like like a period piece, romance, like all of those things kind of weave together really well in the book. And it's also a story kind of about... Um, nature really there's like so much about nature and plants and animals and the the life of the marsh and the marsh is almost like a sort of second character to the main character um so yeah i think it's like a great lockdown read if you're looking to kind of um leave where you are for a while and be somewhere else for a bit so yeah nice. i'd recommend it top, um, what have top you book read? reports very good book reports <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, what have you, what have you read in the last couple of weeks? Um, I have not finished anything. I have been slowly getting through I'm in a bit of a like reading, you know, slowly bit of lockdown. Um, I'm reading Milkman by Anna Burns, which I've never, haven't read. Obviously was the book a winner a couple of years ago. Um, and I've been meaning to read it for ages. Um, initially it's like quite a, a hard book to get into the like, um, flow of it is very different to anything I've sort of really read it's lots of like um pages of like just full text which is like totally fine obviously it's a book but like I'm so used to reading (laughs) things that have like huge gaps and like loads of loads of chapters loads of like paragraph breaks and like I love that because I like to be able to stop a lot and then like 
feel like I've accomplished a lot very quickly. Whereas yeah, this it feels, feels more like, manageable. Yeah, this is way. And I just read Girl, Woman, Other, which obviously has loads and loads of like stop starts. Mm-hmm. So like this is the, the like exact opposite basically. But it is. Um, so it took a while to like get into it, like and get used to the sort of. And actually, very similarly to what you said about that first book you read, um, the character who this follows is it's all like her internal thoughts and they are incredibly like forensic and uh really really detailed about absolutely everything um so yeah it takes a while to get into it but it is really good um and i'm really really enjoying it but like i'm just i'm like just over halfway um and i'm like desperate to get it i like pick it up all the time like read it like in between like advert breaks of anything or like anything i'm like like i really want it to be like i'm really enjoying it and i really want to like have read it but it's is really it long? slow going is it long it's like only 300 and like 40 show me the, show me the cross section oh yeah okay yeah so it's not, not that not long but it's but it's a lot of words and i think just the style of it is very different to like what i usually read in, in the sense that it's just more more words <laughs> okay. the, um... but it is it is brilliant um and it follows um Yes, yeah, so it follows a young woman um, in the 70s in, like, uh, trouble-torn Northern Ireland. Um, there's, like, no, like, character names. Everyone is known as, like, big brother, brother-in-law, older sister. And then there's Milkman, who is this man who, like, follows our, like, main character around. Um, and she And it's all about, sort of, like, how rumour can spread in this community and how that can like tarnish your name and about how it changes people's perceptions of you and how at this time in Northern Ireland there was you know there's so many different sort of types of people as it were in the community and it's like which one are you do you are you do you are you an announcer of the state are you like a paramilitary like who are you and it's really really interesting it's like great sort of in a sense of getting a history of like that time and also um, just a really, really uh, impressive like character development and um, investigation. So yeah, I really, really would recommend it. Obviously, it's really highly praised and it's worthy of that praise so far. I haven't finished it, but um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. So that is what I have read. Have I do you love a yeah. book where you um, have to just like go back to reading it at any opportunity, like between emails, between ad breaks, like that's such a great feeling. Definitely. Yeah. It always feels really nice. Um, so yeah, I will be sad when it's like done, but um, it's, it's a top book and it's time for the crossover event of the century where our consumables meet things that we are not okay with. It is time for, I don't agree with it. So another week and as I'm very sure plenty of things that we continue to not agree with. What is it that you don't agree with this week, Lucy? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This week, I don't agree with the emoji for the pride flag not having the black and brown stripe. That's so interesting because I went to post um, a pride post on my stories and went to try and find it and was like, oh. Yeah. So I decided to um, use one from like the GIFs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very nice. Correct decision. Um, So I, I mean, you know, I've been aware of the flag with the black and brown stripe for as long as that's become a thing as it were. But also interestingly in my consumables, I listened to a podcast the other day um, 
about the flag and the sort of origin of when it came about having the black and brown stripe. So this was a episode of the podcast Busy Being Black, which is uh, hosted by Josh Rivers, who um, heads is the head of comms for UK Black Pride. Um, and they do like amazing, uh, this amazing podcast, which just talks to so many different people um, throughout the queer and uh, black community and uh, different people of color and just people who have done amazing and interesting things. And it's a really good podcast and he's a really good host. He asks like very, really, really good questions. So it's ge- like generally an interview style podcast. So I listened to the episode with Amber Hikes, who at the time was the executive director of the Philadelphia mayor's office of LGBTQ plus affairs. Um, and she's now, she now works for, she's now the chief equity officer for ACLU. Um, she's a really great person to follow on Instagram, does loads and loads of really good posts. Um, so this episode is called the eight striped hustle. And it's all about uh, the implementation of the eight stripe flag with the black and brown stripes. And it was a really great look at like how something can happen in like small government that like can take, like go, you know, take the world by storm. So they just started it um, in Philadelphia as like a reaction to um, recognizing the importance of the intersectionality of being both queer and black and queer and a person of color. Um, And it just went viral. And like, you know, it's the like main, well, you would hope most people would use that flag now. I think a lot of people do, which is good. Um, and it's a really uh, good, I really recommend the podcast. It's a really good like history of looking at that. But then also um, Amber Hikes had such like an interesting life as like a queer person and like taking her career through um, politics and into, um, you know, making a lot of change um, in America. Um, and also there was a really great, at the beginning, they both talk about being army kids because they both were kids of being in the army. So they talk loads about like moving around and stuff like that. So I really related to that bit. I was like, oh my God, that's like exactly the same as all my experiences. <laughs> so that was really great. Um, and, but yeah, it made me think. And then I, well, no, and then I went to use the emoji of the flag the pride flag the other day, just like you said, and realized it wasn't that one. And I was like, excuse me, big emoji needs to look at itself and uh, get it right. So I, um, oh, and while they're at it, put the trans colors in as well, obviously. So come on, it's time. Uh, So I don't agree with it. They need to uh, change the emoji. Yeah, I don't agree with it. And it's really surprising that um, as well, like you say that the trans flag's not there yeah um yeah i think it will come i'm hopefully i'm hopeful that it will come yeah i feel like uh, you know one to two updates away yeah yeah <laughs> um but that is a great i don't agree with it i think we can all agree about not agreeing with that what do you not agree with well um this comes from so you know like sometimes um I don't know if you do this too I'm sure you do but like when you're just like going through life and then a thing happens and you're like oh I'm gonna remember that for my I don't agree with it for next week and then like you don't remember it and yeah. you don't remember it and you don't remember it and then um I was um I remembered it um <laughs> and basically I went for a walk to a seaside town a couple of weekends ago undisclosed um, well, seaside town <laughs> Yes, an undisclosed location. For those of you who know, you'll know. 
whilst I was on this walk, um, <laughs> God, I came across um, a house that had an outbuilding. And I thought, fine, that's okay. An outbuilding is completely permissible. On closer inspection, though, Lucy, what did I find? The outbuilding had a sign. And the sign read, wait for it, Jeremy's Man Cave. No! No. Simple answer. No. Hate that so much. What is that? What is that? I mean, we know what it is, but <laughs> why? We know, we know exactly what it is, and it's the worst. Um, I've had this problem with, with man caves for a really long time, so I'm really surprised that I haven't talked about this before. Maybe I have. I think I think we kind of have, because there was that, when we went to Margate, that was, there was that horrendous... There was that like, man cave. Man yeah. cave rule sign. So maybe we have, but also it, it bears just coming up every maybe quarter to remind yeah. everyone that it it, we bears, still don't agree with it. It bears repeating, definitely. Because um, when I saw it, I was affronted, I was offended, and I hate it. And we were talking about it um, afterwards, after the initial shock of seeing Jeremy's man cave. <laughs> so it doesn't, it doesn't do anyone any favours. Because, you know, it excludes non, you know, cis Jeremy's. Let's, let's be honest, yeah, non-Jeremy's um and non-steve musics from yeah. the conversation but also it kind of it reinforces um toxic masculinity because if you break it down what it's basically saying is like you know um i need to have so like in the in the media and in sort of like i don't know how we're sort of socialized it's very much, you know, oh, women, um, you go and express your emotions together in like a healing tent and go on a gorgeous spa day where you can really like connect and journal and do all of these things. For men, it's like, no, you can't talk about anything that you feel. What you need is a cave, not, not even a building or any kind of like retreat where you can be with other people. You need to be alone and you need to be in a cave and you need to completely autonomously um, get over all of these feelings and if you need an electric guitar to do it we'll absolutely provide one but other than that that's all you're gonna get and maybe like some twiglets all man caves <laughs> all man caves come with a free fender and yeah twiglets and probably like some sort of like uh make your own little airplane or train train set or something like that but the the guitar is a read absolutely yeah. And like three giant computers and two of them absolutely don't work. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're a project, they're a project piece. <laughs> so do you know what I mean? It's just not doing anyone any favours. And when you break it down, it's really quite insidious. Yeah, it's horrendous. It's, hor it's like one of the worst things that is still like permissible. <laughs> I mean, obviously there are loads of things, but it is one of the worst, like most casual bits of like uh sort of sexism misogyny like um the patriarchy that still exists so like casually that people that like everyone sees as like sort of funny and fun and fine but yeah it, like the worst oh I think, yeah i hate I think, it 
I think that we massively need to cancel man caves. And on that subject of like, you know, one of the things that that is abhorrent about sort of patriarchy and misogyny that um, still exists and are accepted as fun and a joke today. Um, I think we'll probably talk about this more next week, but I wanted to mention it quickly now. I've started watching the documentary Disclosure um, on Netflix and just talking about how... Um, kind of horrid portrayals of um patriarchy misogyny and anti-trans rhetoric are um perpetuated in media and media you know of the last couple of years media of the last few decades you know it's things that i watched and enjoyed as a child you know you can't remember so you can't remember certain scenes of things that happen in like, you know, shows or movies that you watched as a kid. You just remembered that you loved them and you really enjoyed them. They show clips from these movies. And honestly, it's horrifying. There's, there's one part, I can't remember what film it's in, but I think it might've been in um, Ace Ventura. Um, sorry if I'm wrong about this, but I, I think it is. And there's this scene where basically um, a character is revealed to be, trans and it's like this like big reveal towards the end and i think and then i think one of the characters um finds out and vomits fucking hell and wow. that was a that was a you know a comedy film yeah. aimed at like kids yeah that's horrendous yeah wow yeah uh yeah i'm aim- i uh, intend to watch disclosure as well so yeah we can discuss that more next week probably but it sounds like uh everyone's been horrendous to trans people who knew how horrendous yeah, so yeah. and i need i need to finish it it's quite long i think it's like just over an hour and a half or something um long but it just it's like example after example after example of you know really horrendous treatment and positioning of trans people and trans bodies in the media and it is you know not from really sort of random sources it's from you know sort of best loved canon um kind of titles and shows and brands so um i think as well on that subject certainly from my point of view the horror that i felt watching that felt good in a sense because it shows hopefully some for some people how far we've come in how we perceive these messages now but um also horrifying to think that none of this was picked up even a number of years ago so it's it's a really interesting watch and um yeah i'll I'll finish it in time for next week so we can talk about it more nice so uh, is there anything else you have been watching this week or past um i i watched douglas which is the second um netflix um comedy special from hannah gadsby right and that was really funny um i did wonder how she was going to um how she was going to approach it after something like nanette which was really raw and rooted in um horrendous sexual trauma um so i didn't really know how she was going to do it but she kind of opens up um on Douglas by asking the audience like who's seen who's seen Nanette before and then she was like 
she was like oh okay um so she's like so you've come back because you loved all of the horrendous trauma and you want more and so she kind of just like yeah roots it in roots it in that in that place but yeah it's kind of it's about it's about it is about patriarchy and it is about um misogyny but it's just yeah she, I, I don't, don't want to give too much away because obviously like all the jokes should be new when you watch them but um it's it's different to Nanette but manages to be in some ways like tonally similar like her her voice is still kind of the same voice um yeah. I'm kind of speaking in riddles because I don't want to give anything away <laughs> but um I I enjoyed it is what Do I'll you say recommend it then as a watch yeah I definitely recommend it yeah I um, think because as I as I um disclosed on this very podcast to my shame I had I only didn't even finish Nanette like I didn't watch that much of it and I, I'm not like I think what it boils down to is I'm not a comedy special kind of gal that that is I, not something I, I ever go to look, watch you know what I mean but I don't think I don't think by virtue of like the subject matter it's not it's not a traditional comedy special like in basically every in every way um i think in um in the net it sort of sets you up to think that it is initially and then you're in the second half literally thwacked over the head with the reality that it very much is not yes um but also it kind of still is it's really weird but it's great i'm gonna Um, give i'm gonna give it another go yeah i think i think you should i think you should it's not just like a normal stand-up set by any means so it might be interesting to sort of see how it meets with your expectations of like what something like that is because it's a bit different um and on the subject of um hannah gadsby i've also been um getting back into the homo sapiens podcast i don't know if you've ever listened to that i listened to odd ones and now um will young is not doing it anymore i don't know why and they've replaced will young with alan cumming (laughs) what a replacement that's like a very very on par level like replacement very good and alan cumming obviously being you know hollywood sweetheart has all of these absolutely amazing connections so their guests have absolutely skyrocketed God, I and bet. so they they had hannah gadsby on the other week and um hannah gadsby doesn't normally do like any press so um it was great to listen to that interview and they've got loads of interviews with like really famous people so if you're interested in kind of like that sort of format i would um recommend it um also on podcasts, I've listened to Munro Bergdorf on a few. Um, she did Table Manners and she also did I Weigh. So I've listened to her on both of those. Um, that's been really interesting, especially in the context of the last couple of weeks with trans rights again coming under attack. Um, I think if you, as someone who wants to learn more about that and to learn more about Munro and her activism, then they're great places to start but also just kind of like in the table manners one just like talking about like dating and talks a lot about sea life she's really into sea life um and i think it's really nice to see you know obviously someone like monroe is constantly doing so much work like so much work in activism so much work educating people so much work being you know visible on social media giving opinions sort of it, it it's constant when you sort of have that platform which 
you know is doing so much good I imagine you would just feel compelled to be constantly on 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 the whole time and also to kind of like not necessarily present like a 360 degree version of yourself because what's being asked of you all the time is so intense so I really appreciated on the Table Manners podcast that they um sort of stripped that back a little bit and she did talk about all of those things but yeah just talked about kind of like dating and lockdown life and pets and you know snacks and it's like you know just because these people are sort of held to this higher standard because they're activists and they're constantly doing all of this work it's a nice opportunity for people who appreciate them and the work that they do to um, kind of get a bit more of an idea of who they are as a person outside of that activism and I know that obviously like you know, one doesn't exist without the other. If you have like a passion like that, obviously it infiltrates pretty much everything you do and it's like who you are, but also like she loves sea life and I want to know about that. And that was nice. Definitely. Yeah, that sounds really good. I will give it a listen. Another podcast that I wanted to recommend um, is called Innermost and it is uh, by my friend Leah Green, who we've mentioned on the podcast before and she presents the podcast and it's about... Um, kind of people's inner lives and secrets and sort of like what I was saying about exciting times if you like things that aren't necessarily about like one really sort of tangible thing and it's more sort of about like feelings and thoughts and um people's sort of um personal situations then you'll like it like if you like you know family secrets or you like where where shall we begin all those kinds of um podcasts that are quite introspective and um yeah about the more sort of interior smallness of of life then you'll like it um it is in the first couple of episodes anyway very much from a lockdown lens um i i sort of felt before i listened to this that i'd had quite a lot of sort of lockdown media burnout you know of like people using lockdown as a kind of vehicle for um art or sort of content i guess um i i kind of felt that you know what what else was there to say we're all stuck inside it's all really bad like you know all of that but I think that this podcast would exist um, really well and talk about the things that it does in spite of that. Like some of the things, some of the things, so for example, one of them talks about um, what a socially distanced funeral was like um, for a family member who died of COVID. And another person talks about um, their brother who they live with, who, um, has a very severe mental health disorder and what that means to them in the context of their family and for her own sort of mental health during lockdown so all of these things are kind of made more sort of visceral and real because of lockdown but the feelings that they express all sort of stand on their own anyway and so yeah it just felt really um human and um it's a lot of different types of people talking about very different experiences and yeah, it just gives you a bit of an insight into different people all around the world and what they're going through. So if you're into stuff like that, you'll definitely like it. We're going to be six eps in this series and hopefully they'll come back for another one. Yeah, I have it on my list. Definitely. I've seen, uh, 
saw seen it on Instagram, etc. And I was like, that looks really good. So I will be listening to that. It sounds very interesting. Um, so I've got <laughs> so ooh, right. The last show that I want to mention, um, the last show that I want to mention this week. Are you sure um, you want to mention it? <laughs> I don't know. It's so it's one on Netflix, but um I am obsessed with it and watched it over a couple of weekends well <laughs> my, my girlfriend and I started watching it on the weekend that we like finally like properly could see each other again so we were like so excited to like watch telly together because we haven't been able to do that so we were like oh my god right what shall we watch and then um and then I came into like the living room and she had this on I was like what's this and it'd been on for like two minutes and basically you've probably seen it but it's on Netflix and it's like the exact same format as Bake Off, but it's about flowers. <laughs> yes, I, I've seen of it. I have not seen it itself. And it is um, called The Big Flower Fight. It's presented by Vic Reeves and someone else who I just really like, who just doesn't, seems to be a bit like um, Lana Del Rey slash the goth girls from... Um, Oh God! From um, the Mighty Boosh, okay, like does not know what's happening, but also knows everything. <gasps> it is absolutely gay rights. Is it's it? so gay rights. Yeah, they have like quite a few queer contestants on it. It feels like quite inclusive, and um, yeah, it's a similar format to Bake Off. So what I miss about Bake Off, I got from this. Um, it's really creative they have to make these big sort of um, artistic installations using flowers and plants and it's all based on different themes each week and it's like about friendship and you know the ups and downs and sort of artistry and you get to learn a lot about plants and you know this is 30 and I fully leaned into it and honestly we watched we binge watched maybe like the first five episodes on that weekend and then we got to like just before the semi-final it's all we talked about in the like intervening week like we just wanted it to be the weekend so that we could watch <laughs> the last three eps of the big flower fight not bothered and, about seeing each other just need to watch the uh the flower fight. yeah <laughs> um, and it was just so good and it was so nice to like watch something like that again and be like fully invested in contestants because I haven't watched Bake Off in like so many years since it moved and um you know I haven't watched X Factor or you know anything like that for a long time I haven't watched any competition shows so um I just really really enjoyed watching it and I would definitely recommend it if you are looking for something wholesome and if you want to sort of get into the um sort of theatre of a competition show right you will yeah it. <laughs> sounds great <laughs> i do love like a contestant show so um when the mood strikes I, n- I don't know where to go i feel like you you izzy and adam could get so into it okay and I can see that for the three of you <laughs> we do like that kind of show so uh yeah i'll suggest it see what I happens think, yeah like i think it's so much better than what you think it is. Well, it is in my opinion anyway. I just really just leaned into it and it was great. <laughs> well, those are a bunch of stunning recommendations and I'm here with um, another rendition of Lucy's Queer Cinema Corner. Um, it's time for some more queer films I've been watching in this time. Um, so I've watched three more stunning uh, films, which I recommend each and every one. So... 
we watched watched tomboy which is an earlier film uh for by celine and uh, siama off of portrait of a lady on fire so written and directed by her we are obviously big fans here on the podcast um, and really wanted to get into her catalogue of work which is so far proving stunning every single time so tomboy is about um like a 10 year old kid who is born female but moves to a new neighborhood and sort of decides to identify over the summer break as um male or like as as a boy michael to the new kids who they meet um and it's just like similar to portrait of a lady on fire it is in equal measure very tender and loving and heartbreaking and harsh and just is so good at exploring the sort of interpersonal relationships that people have and it has it has a bit of like a ambiguous ending i'm not going to say like what happens but it's kind of comes off as like it's, it's a film that's sort of less about like necessarily a gender transition and more about like exploring the fluidity of your gender as a child and how that does happen and how that can be experimented with um you know coming to a new space and over like a summer break where like i think for you know summer breaks always like have this sort of hazy feel of like anything's possible for kids and um it takes place all over this really like beautiful french summer um and it's just really really tender i would recommend it highly it's really great one of the best things is the like relationship between um the main character and their little sister um who is like maybe five or something but is the person in the film who most understands our main character and who most mm. accepts them etc um where the adults are not as forgiving um and yeah it's just it's a really 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 great film and i would highly recommend that sounds great i definitely want to watch that i haven't looked into any of their back catalogue are they quite like prolific or was portrait one of their first no not really so there's have you heard of water lilies no that's also got adele hanel in off of portrait that's really good as well i watched that years ago but like didn't really i'd like to watch it again i'm gonna watch that again soon and there's also girlhood which is supposed to be really good as well and they're all like sort of coming of age coming of identity films which is like obviously my favorite thing ever so um yeah uh uh, slowly becoming actually very rapidly becoming probably like one of my favorite like film writer and directors so this is 30 having a favorite (laughs) writer and director i feel (laughs) How, how do you kind of find films to watch so i think about a film i liked and then i look at that filmmaker and see what else they've made and then i watch them or i will look at like films similar to portrait of a lady on fire things will come up and so you'll literally google film similar to i'll do research yeah also follow a lot of people on um twitter etc who watch a lot of good films um and i'll just like if i see something about it i'll google it and i'll go yeah it looks interesting we'll add it to a list we've got a list in our flat so we always struggle to find things to watch like or we did previously so when my cousin was staying with us at the beginning of the year, she made us a, a big bit of paper that said films to watch when you can't think of a film to watch or something like that. <laughs> and so we've had, we've written loads on there. And so especially now during lockdown, we've just been going like going up to the list and going, right, do you want, right. These are five films I would watch tonight. Which one do you want to watch? And then like finding a consensus and watching them. And it's been really, really good and really fun to like get, get f- through the films and tick them off. 
So, Could you send me a, a picture of the list, please? Yeah, yeah, we'll do. There's loads and loads of queer films on there as well because, like, me and Izzy went through like best queer films like lists and wrote down the ones. Honestly, we were I've been watching such dross in lockdown. Like, <laughs> not 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 series and not sort of like you know not big flower fight, obviously, but um, <laughs> but films. Oh my god, awful awful okay. okay you know just yeah. like finding things on netflix and also it's really hard to like find things that you know my mom my brother and me will like yes. it's you know with laura obviously but like um yeah. in a week if i want to yeah. watch anything your it's kind of hard i ended up watching a lot of will ferrell movies <laughs> no olivia i know no. it's because I... my mom my mom and my brother like it so i can't like you know i but mean then, fair enough it's a democracy but, but then we'll they will watch it, and then they'll agree it's awful, and then we've wasted forty minutes, and it's too late to put something else on. Yes. But it's too rubbish to watch the whole thing, <laughs> and this just keeps happening over and over and over again. Um, so yeah, just a real low ebb with films, and yet I know there's so much like so many gaps in my like film knowledge. There's so many films I haven't seen, and I just don't know where to start. So maybe that's a good place. There are a lot of them yeah who knew yeah i'll send you a pic um and also like maybe just some suggestions so that i think you would like specifically because okay there's a lot of films on the list Um, i watched one i watched (laughs) watched one with um will ferrell and uh what's her name amy you know what's her name who no, no, no. Who was the main one? I always forget her name. Who's the main one in Parks and Rec? I had it then. Amy, po- Amy Poehler. Yes. Right. So it's the two of them. And basically, like, basically, the premise of the film is that they have this daughter who they're like obsessed with, right? And she wants to go off to uni, but they find for whatever reason, I think like they make a bad investment or something, and then they like have no money to send her to uni. And then, um, oh no, what, what, no, I know. What happens is the town usually supports a scholarship and they think that like she's going to get this scholarship. Then the town decides to build a town pool <laughs> instead. And then everyone's in favor of the town pool, like an outdoor swimming pool over her getting the scholarship. So they have no money. And they're like, don't worry, we'll sort it out. Like we can't let you down. And then the two of them, plus like this other like weird friend who's like going through a breakup, um, decide that they're going to open their own um, casino and launder money through it and make their own casino in like their, their basement. Oh my God. And then all the like townspeople come and then they get into like big fights and they make loads of money. But I don't know what happens at the end because I turned it off because it was so <laughs> bad. <laughs> that is a classic, that kind of film, like the plot literally is picked from the sky like anything could happen and like yeah it's such a loose premise but it's just like a vehicle for making like shit jokes basically <laughs> it was like but you know like sometimes you can just sort of lean into these things and yeah by the men like that was not the one it's not the one <laughs> um so if you could improve upon that i'd appreciate it i'll do my best i'll do my best thank you so wow much. okay well um <laughs> So we also watched um, a film called The Watermelon Woman. Have you heard of that? No. No. So this it's like the first ever feature film made by a black lesbian director and writer. Um, and it's like a seminal film of what is known as the new queer cinema movement. 
Um, and so it's Cheryl Dunn. She plays herself. She's the ride director. And she like works in a video store in the 90s. And it is like, oh, is it, it might be late 80s or early 90s. And it is so, it's time. It's like so fun to watch for like the fashion and like, stuff like that. When, when me and Kate were saying that like all of the cool people in the year above worked in the blockbuster. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Like everyone there is like cool and queer and uh, um, it's obviously the place to be and to like pick up people it, like looking at whether you're going to watch Jaws or the Goonies or whatever. So um, <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's, it's weird because she she was going to initially make the film as like a documentary because she'd heard about this like um, so it's sort of like it's about no, it's a film about her making a documentary about a black actress who was only credited in the film as the watermelon woman um and so it's like about her finding out more about this black actress and what happens and then there's sort of like a narrative around it as well like not massive narrative but there is one um and like her relationships with her friends and um girlfriends um and it is uh it's like one of, it's one of the most ambitious like films i've ever seen with like the cross of sort of like documentary and also fiction um and it's i feel like it it only really suffers because it probably had a very low budget like it would have been could have been so much more than it sort of was but it's definitely like a really important and interesting watch and it's really funny uh certain bits especially where like she goes to this <laughs> this archive place in like the city which is called the center for lesbian information and technology shortened to clit <laughs> <laughs> Which is always so funny. And at the at the archivist she meets there is played by Sarah Shulman, who is like a writer and um, you know, um uh academic. And she plays this really hilar- like really hilariously played like somebody who would work in that sort of place. Like it's very funny. Um so yeah, I would it definitely sounds very it. Portlandia. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It had it very much had elements of like you could the feminist see bookstore. They would pull that from from that, definitely. Um I wouldn't be surprised to hear if that was an influence. Um, yeah, it's it's a great film. Um, I definitely recommend it if you're into like you know as it, as like educating yourself about like queer cinema and stuff like that. It's good for that. And also, main character wears just a leather vest at one point, so you know that it's gay rights. You absolutely do. <laughs> um, yeah, and then just very quickly, I also watched one afternoon. I was like, just wanted something like easy to watch. You know, simple, like, nice film. So I watched, I don't know if you've watched this on Netflix, considering you've been watching a lot of Netflix films. I watched the half of it. Have you seen that advertised to you? Your algorithm is off. No, what, what is it about? No, so it's a Netflix original. I think it came out literally this year. Um, and it follows a young girl in, like, a absolute, like, a, like, middle of nowhere town. I think it's called Squamish. <laughs> where she has moved with her dad who got a job like doing the signals for the trains like every morning and every night and she like does it for him because uh his her dad sort of like is always inside since her mom died um and, oh no i i i've seen about yes, this yes yeah. yes and um and then she like she's like um, a really good student and she like writes everyone's essays and stuff like that and she starts she gets approached by this like really dopey like lovable jock character who wants her to write love letters for this like the love interest um but and she's very good at it and the love interest is interested but she's also in love with the love interest because she's queer um and it's 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 it tries to do a lot of bits but it they don't really touch the sides in a sense like that it's not bad but it's not great 
it doesn't do it's not an incredibly like moving film even though i think it tries to be um but it's good it's a good like you know just sunday afternoon watch if you want to see some like cute friendships and actually the friendship that blossoms between her and uh him is really really lovely and really nice um and um it's just it's got that classic thing of like everybody looks 35 even though they're supposed to be like 17 and <laughs> you know like it's just one of those sort of films but it's like we say it exists it's good that it exists um and i think it's one of the first films that has uh, or at least like big release like netflix you know huge general release films that has a um chinese american playing the title character um as as a queer title characters so that's really good uh, representation so it's it's worth a watch but i wouldn't like you know go out your way for it well i think because we have um watched and consumed so many things we actually for the first time ever don't have time for a celine watch this week Lucy. but i know i know don't be fearful because next week we have um a large-scale interactive Celine Watch event Whoa. that we will definitely be spending our sweet time on. And to be honest, we all need time to digest that weird dolls one from the other week. So yeah, that one lingers. Mm, it so, does. Mm. So we're, we're going to leave it for this week, and instead, we are going to end on track of the week. Oh my god, stunning! <laughs> what is your track of the week? Um, well, my track. Of the week this week lucy is from jesse ware's new album what's your pleasure um I, I listened to it at the weekend there are some really good sort of catchy songs on it and my favorite one is remember where you are and it's towards the end of the album and um it's a really sort of timeless it's a really timeless song and also it reminds me of a song that would be in a musical. My girlfriend pointed out that it kind of sounded a little bit similar to like Roisin Murphy, which I think it sort of does. And it's sort of very sort of like, it's very sort of like disco-y vibes. Like it's um, very sort of, the whole album is like of a certain sort of ilk and, and style. Um, but this song um, was really sort of set apart for me. Um, what is your track of the week? So my track of the week is, um, it's nothing new, but it doesn't always have to be, does it? Um, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of driving back and forth from uh, my parents' house. And um, one of my favorite bands to drive back and forth from, if I'm, if I'm ever like not really sure what to put on to listen to or whatever, I'll just put on the back catalog of our favorite, one of our favorite Huns, the Gaslight Anthem. And oh. um, I was reminded of them recently um and was like oh god yeah i fucking love them and they're a band that i can just always return to and just listen to like all of it any song i'm happy to be listening to them i love them so much <laughs> and um yeah i've been doing loads of uh gaslight listening at the moment i always seem to do like huge swaths of like time where i listen to like just gaslight and then i'll like leave it for couple months and then i'll do it again <laughs> it's very intense but um yes so uh and I, I i really really thought we would have talked about them before and had them as a track of the week but we never have i had a look back in the archives um, really? they've, never, they've never come up um because i guess like there's no new stuff from them recently and like we haven't been to see them at, at any point in this time we've done the podcast or whatever so yeah. here they are finally my track of the week um, i've gone for uh blue dahlia which is one of my favorites by them i absolutely love it and that is my track of the week i recommend 
gaslight to anyone. If you like things that skew a tiny bit sort of country rock and roll, Bruce Springsteen style, but with more of a folky side as well, um, and someone with a golden caramel voice, then please listen to the Gaslight Anthem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I like the Gaslight Anthem very much as well. Okay, I think that about wraps it up for us. So whilst I go and listen to all of the Gaslight Anthem again, and um, Liv goes and gets her roots done, we will be (laughs) loving you, leaving you, and longing for you. Until next time. Bye. Bye! So coming at you a bit earlier on the pod this week for a very specific reason that's not really very specific, but why not? <laughs> it's that's so bad. <laughs> she said, I can do it. <laughs> she believed she could, so she did. <laughs> not do it very well. <laughs>